You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. It's midnight somewhere. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto. And I'm, of course, accompanied by the underground dwelling partner in crime of mine known as The Wasteland. Who, uh, yeah, you covered all the important bits. Today, we're really thrilled to have a conversation with Canadian musician, frontman of actors, Jason Corbett. Hi. Hi. How's everyone doing? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Yeah, not bad, considering. It, it was a rough day, and I, I sat down like two minutes before we started. So, well, that's good. At least you're at least you're able to sit down. Yes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How are you, sir? I'm good. Just been busy ticking away at uh, the tour date announcements and uh, all the back end production stuff that needs to be taken care of. That um, that's still on the table and everything. Shannon, our keyboard player and vocalist, uh, she's been just a rock and just killing it with all of the the tour production. So it's been uh, it's been busy, but really exciting time. Let's get started at the beginning. Actually, your background as a musician and a producer spans over twenty years. What is the origin story for actors? The origin story? Uh, Well, I guess for a period of time, I was doing everything I thought that I should be doing to be successful musician, a successful musician, whether that was trying to write music for radio, trying to get signed to a major label, all of those things that we associate with success in the music industry. And um, I think somehow along along that path, I kind of lost what made music exciting for me. And um, I kind of given up on all of that and started just writing, writing and producing music that I was excited about. And I didn't really have any aspirations of, you know, release even releasing a full length record with actors. It was just like, oh, I'll just release singles and do my thing. And and uh, ironically, that's when the music started to resonate with a wider audience. And the band kind of took shape and started to uh, gather some momentum. And then uh, along came Artifact Records, Uh, with a proposition to put out our music and uh, that was in 2017 we released our first record in 2018 it will come to you which led us uh, on tour around the world we played about 150 shows in 18 months and um, it's just it's just been non-stop since then in terms of you know making videos and of course the new record came out October 1st called Acts of Worship and and sadly we weren't able to tour it right away because of the pandemic but things are finally opening up enough that we can kind of do that so yeah I think the first single with actors came out in 2012 so it was a real slow burn for the first few years yeah it's funny actually because I recall hearing an episode of the podcast I Die You Die we have a technical and they were talking about gee, we're enjoying watching other people enjoying actors because we've had them here in Vancouver to ourselves. And and then once you kind of got out into the world, um, yeah, it was a a delight to have you, to have that music. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been really, it's been really an unexpected experience in, in my life. You know, before 2018, I never thought I would visit New York in my lifetime, let alone play, you know, a headlining sold out show in Brooklyn. And, you know, playing festivals in major cities, you know, in Germany and, and all over Europe and in the, the U.S. And just feel 
it was a real unexpected turn of events and also something that was really, really exciting really exciting to finally achieve these certain milestones that I'd only dreamed of. Wow, that's pretty cool. I got to ask though, where'd you play in Brooklyn? Uh, we played at St. Vitus. I had a feeling. So uh, we're, we're both in Toronto, but we're both um, from that part of the world. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah? Yeah. So whenever somebody brings it up. Yeah, we're returning to St. Vitus and the show is it's already sold out. So we're really excited about being nice. back. Congrats. Thanks. So can you share some of your experience with how the uh, it's tied in or if it dovetails with Jackknife Sound? Sure, yeah. Um, I think I was working on the first couple of actors' tracks, which would be Post Traumatic Love, Nightlife, and I was I mixed those and tracked the majority of it in my living room at home. And I was just starting to acquire too much gear. And my partner said, you know, maybe you get a space where you can, you know, work on your music and have your gear. and, and um, I signed a five-year lease on what is now Jackknife Sound, and almost immediately, people locally were asking me to, you know, help them with vocals, recording vocals, or, or I was doing a couple of remixes for people just for fun, and then it just snowballed, and then all of a sudden, I was doing a single for a seven-inch release, and then, and then I was doing EPs, and then I was doing full-length records, and then I started working with bands from outside of Vancouver, and then... And, you know, now I mix and master for bands from all around the world. And what what happened was, is that actors got signed. And then the, with the with the growth of and the popularity of actors that made Jackknife sound busier. And but now it's getting to the point where now actors is so busy that it takes it's starting it takes up a lot of my time is what i'm saying <laughs> in a really good way. But uh, I just I love working with other artists. I love producing, working with people who just are really serious about their their music and, you know, want to get out in the world and do great things. Like those are exciting projects for me. And when I can finish a, an album with someone and it's out in the world, it feels like, you know, I feel like an uncle or a proud uncle or something. So I'm really fortunate that my day job dovetails like with my night job of actors and it's all one big happy family. It sounds truly like a case of if you build it, they will come and it all just came together. Yeah, I was I was terrified. I worked in the in the restaurant industry for, geez, close to 20 years. And when I finally pulled the trigger and left that type of work to do this full time, I was I, I had nightmares for probably the first year on a regular basis of like, where is my next, uh, you know, wh where's the money for rent going to come from? And where does, you know how am I going to survive? But like every month just, just kept going by. And that was eight years ago, you know, like, and things are just feeling really comfortable and I feel successful in my own little way. And I'm just really uh, thankful, you know? Yeah. It's so good to hear that you took a risk and, and it just paid off. It was scary. <laughs> I believe it. It's absolutely scary when you leave your day job and say, yeah, this is what I'm going to go do. Yeah. After all the all the nonstop touring and then COVID hits, what has your experience been like during the pandemic? Well, it's it's been a lot of emotions. You know, you try and keep busy, but we we basically we've been working with our booking agent. His name is Xavier, and he's in Paris, and his company's called Persona Grata. And he's we've been talking like every week, if not every other week, about 
our tour schedule, which has been getting pushed back and pushed back. You know, at first we thought like, oh, surely this pandemic is not going to last more than two months. Oh, surely it's not going to last more than six months. Surely it's not going to last more than a year. So we had all these ups and downs to the point of when Omicron first hit, like the first couple of days when I'd heard about that, I just hit this real huge low that I was like, oh man, like I can't. I can't keep having these tours postponed. I was about to contact him and the label and say, like, I'm out. Like, I can't I can't keep rescheduling these tours. It's it's too much. It weighs too heavily on my emotions and it's too tiring. But we persevered and things are now looking where the tour is going to be, uh, you know, open and successful enough for us to make sense to be out there. We just kept busy the whole the whole time that throughout the pandemic we've been making videos and and staying really trying to stay really positive by engaging with fans on social media and and um, I think a lot of that kind of strategy paid off in terms of our mental health. Cool. I gotta I gotta say the the videos you guys make are are top notch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I I love everyone I've seen. I, I don't know if I've caught them all yet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, yeah. we, we worked with um, uh, the first video from the record, uh, Love You More, was done by Peter Reek, who's a really great filmmaker based out of Vancouver here. And then uh, the, all the others, we ended up working with a, another director named Wayne Morehart. And we just found this flow that just seemed to work. And so we've just been banging them out and been having fun with them. When Actors first started, I didn't want to be in any of the videos because I didn't. I just wanted the music to stand for itself. But the more we toured and the more we got to know people, I really realized how important the human connection part of the music is. And I wanted to be involved in that in a way that, you know, kind of connected us to the fans more. And that meant us being in the videos and, you know, having more of a presence uh, online as people too, and not just the music. And, and that also has been rewarding because, you know, it's helped kept the kind of the wind under our sails, you know, or under our wings. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of going on tour, what city is your favorite or what city do you think you were looking forward the most to getting back to? So your podcast is based out of Toronto? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you know that it sounds cliche and it sounds silly but there all the cities have been good we've just we've been so fortunate i've toured with bands before where the whole tour has just been like a debacle and like it's been not fun and we just we just have fun wherever we go we just we keep it light and positive and we give 110 percent on stage and and, and really focus Boy, I sound like a hockey player now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like I'm excited to get back to just about everywhere, and like, and and also to play places we haven't played before. So, you know, it's nice to you know be in L.A. or New York, and you know, having a whole bunch of people out. But it's also being it's nice being in a smaller city and and uh, and having a really intimate show with people who are just happy that you took the time to to get out to play there where they live. You know. Yeah. Did I answer that right? Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no, this isn't a test, dude. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's, I, it, I sound like, I hope I don't sound insincere because it's, it, it just sounds too positive and cheery, but we, yeah, we like, we like playing everywhere. That's why, you know, we don't like taking days off. If we're going to go on a tour, we want to play every night and then just get as much of it in as we can. Yeah. And you guys are fantastic live too. I got to say. So. Well, yes. thank you. Thank, we're looking forward to you coming back to Toronto. Oh, it's going to be fun. I was just talking with Denholm today. 
uh, about the show uh, at the Horseshoe. And uh, already the pre-sales for this show are higher than the total sales of the shows we've played in Toronto before. So I think we're going to expect a, a, a nice, robust crowd of, of happy people. Yeah, I think so. I think there are a lot of enthusiastic folks who are looking to get back out and we're, we're ready for live music. We're ready. Yes, me too. So what is your favorite story from being on tour? That's a really tough question. I don't know. There's no, We don't really have any crazy stories, you know, like we were pretty much, uh, we don't really drink. Adam will have the odd beer, but the rest of us don't drink at all. So we're not really going out and partying or anything. So the best kind of the best parts of the tour are, you know, getting to see cool places or, or meet people and meeting other bands. And I, you know, I will say probably the most exciting story or stories that I have is, is just getting to know people that I've met online, maybe like seven or eight years before. And then like, you're in like Bristol, UK, and they come up and they're like, Oh, hey, man. And you're like, holy shit. Like, wow. <laughs> I've, I've, I've known you from online from like eight years ago. And like, you're standing in front of me. And it's just, it's really neat. And having those type of experiences just makes the world a smaller place and just so much better. Very yeah, I cool. think there's going to be a lot more of that as well uh, post-pandemic when more traveling and live shows can happen and, and meeting people that you've only corresponded with online and being like, oh, you're so-and-so by their whatever handle or, or uh, online name that they use. I think there's going to be a lot of that going around. Yeah. Especially with the explosion of the whole Twitch community. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's there's I have seen like a bit of like this shift online too where if I follow someone back on social media, on whatever platform, some like I'll be getting a message like, Oh wow. Thanks for following me back. I'm like a huge fan. And like, it's an honor. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like people actually see me as like a guy from a band that they really dig and maybe are surprised that they're getting a follow back. But that wasn't happening so much before, before it was like, Hey, please listen to my band, you know? And so now it's like, Oh, <laughs> People do know who, who we are now, and that's really nice, and it's it's really encouraging because we've just you know we put so much energy into this to the recent album and and all the effort like to be out on the road. You know, there's five of us because we have also um, a merch person that comes with us. You know, between the van rental and and the flights and everything, like we're looking at like about it costs about forty thousand dollars a month to be on the road. So there's a lot of upfront costs that I've been just like maxing out my credit cards on just like, just to make it happen. And it's like this leap of faith again, right? But you start to see the pre-sales come in and you realize, okay, this gamble is going to pay off and we're going to have a really good time and I'm not going to lose my shirt. And it's exciting. So speaking of of the new album and all that, what, what has inspired you recently musically? Like, where do you draw your inspiration come from when you're writing? recently shannon and i were just talking about this we're like we can't we, it's like we're we, we've been like nothing feels inspiring the past little bit i think we've been in such promotion mode and such a tour production mode that's like I, i'm not I, I haven't heard anything recently that i'm just like super stoked on the last stuff to come out that i really liked fellow canadians adonis adonis i really really like this album that they just put out just the production of it, the mixes, the songs, they just really nailed it. I think it's fantastic. Also, I really like, uh, from Chicago, Pixel Grip. I think this new album, 
but they have a, a re, I believe it's called Arena. I just love the I love the energy of the record, and again the mix, everything like those two records to me really exciting. Those are kind of like the last albums that I really was like, oh wow, what's this? I love it, you know. Cool. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got for inspiration right now. I think I think we've been so used to uh, lately. We've been interviewing a lot of Brits, and they're very verbose, and your <laughs> answers are, are much shorter. So we're like, oh, okay. But no, <laughs> Jason, it's it's really lovely chatting with you because you're such a genuine person. I got such a wonderful impression of you when I got to see you in 2019 at Baby G because I DJed for that show. Oh, okay, and I. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a memory of that show uh, because you you guys came in and then did your thing and then were running out because you wanted to go get Japanese food. And then when you came back, you were on stage and there was some sound checking and stuff going on and you were talking about how you were having gyoza burps. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I was. But it was good food. That was a good restaurant. It was just down the street from Baby G. Okay. It was just so funny because I was just like, yeah, this this is a really down to earth, very genuine kind of guy. I like these people. These actors is lovely. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I remember cuz you 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 do you still have a big mohawk? I do. Yeah. I was I was so stoked because when I saw you there, um I was like, "Oh good, we're going to have good music being played instead of some <laughs> garbage, you know, playlist of like music that's not even genre correct and i was just so happy i was like right away just seeing i was like okay this she she gets she she gets it. she's gonna be playing good music. you mean it's not the house playlist <laughs> not the house playlist exactly oh, yeah exactly well again seeing actors with boot blacks was such a dream lineup too i was like these are bands that need to play together and then you did and then i got to dj for it so it, it totally made it a good time for me i have to admit i love boot blacks um i was just online with them today they sent me uh some new revisions of their demos for their new album because once we finish this first leg of our north american tour they fly out here to jackknife and we start work on their next record oh wow well that's excellent to hear yeah and it's <laughs> from what from where i hear it right now it's i think it's going to be yeah i think people are going to really really like it there's you know, more elements of like industrial and EBM and just like really great beats and tempos and some like just killer melodies. I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited. So there is something musically excited to be uh, excited about. (laughs) Like, yeah, like I was thinking in terms of like, when you asked the question, I was thinking like, what, what's exciting me in terms of like, because I'm already in the, in, in like writing mode for the next actor's record too. Like I like to, start getting ideas out sooner than later because the whole process can be uh it can take a long time to finish a record so yeah there's uh there was just like in terms of like on our level of what we do and boot blacks and like traders or crew lies twin tribes um there's so many fantastic artists and i feel like in the last five years the whole the whole genre has really leveled up to like just releasing fantastic music. Whereas before, like I feel like in like 2013, 14, there was like this kind of like a lo-fi post-punk revival thing going on, which is, which was great. Like, you know, there's cool bands like KVB and the soft moon coming out. Um, and then like uh, cold Ca- cold cave as well. And, and then over the last few years, I feel like there's been this integration of like 
more electronic or just more hybrid genre. Like it, it, there's no one way of doing it anymore. People have taken the ethos and the vibe of post-punk and dark wave and goth and whatever and uh, industrial. And like, it's just like this melting pot of people experimenting and trying different things. And I'm just happy to be a part of it in our way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's something about this particular sound where you don't want to be derivative of an older band, but again, that that sonic signature of of this particular sound that we love, hearing so many newer bands coming out and all this music coming out right now has been really exciting. Because yeah. I, I had read something about how you cited David Bowie as being a huge influence on you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, well, that's just... I've been listening to him since I was a little kid. And I think the fact that he wasn't afraid to take chances and experiment with different sounds that he was inspired by, that's more of the ethos of how I feel about actors. It's like, you know, if I want to have a song that's uh, more straight up a pop song, I'll do that. If I want something that's more experimental, I'll do that too. Like whatever I think is exciting, I want to try. And I think, I know with actors, we fell into our sound very mistakenly like I didn't even know there was a scene you know I was like writing songs and then all of a sudden I was on YouTube and I saw I remember I saw Soft Moon and it was a video it had like a thousand likes or something like really the Soft Moon hadn't got any traction yet and I just kind of went down this YouTube hole uh wormhole and started kind of seeing like oh there's other musicians out there who aren't on major labels who are we're being creative and doing things. And there's a, I, should, I don't want to say a, like a pop sensibility, but like an accessibility with hooks and a dynamic dynamicism or, you know, it's dynamically, it's exciting and, and isn't um, sometimes certain bands you're thinking like, Oh, are they going out of their way to like aggravate their listener or, or, or are they trying to make a song that's can hit a wider audience or it's just nice to see that there's so much going on and it's just feels really positive. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to ask also, what was your gateway into post-punk music and this particular sound? Um, Listening was, to David Bowie growing up, and then and then where where did you go from there? Well, Joy Division was always. It, I know it sounds cliche, but like Joy Division, something about the song "Love Will Tear Us Apart" that has been with me since I've been ten, eleven, twelve. That song, uh, I saw Valley Girl when I was a little kid. Melt With You is another song. It's a perfect pop song from modern English. Mm -hmm. Gary Newman, Cars, Duran Duran, you know, being on, uh, you know, video. It's like uh, like much music, MTV, those type things. Uh, Earlier rhythmics. So as a child, long before I was a musician, I was exposed to a lot of synthesizer sounds. And so... But when I got older, that stuff was always kind of playing on my mind. Like I did music, I did a year of music college when I left high school. And even though I was a metal guy, like I was, I was drawn to like uh, Clockwork Orange soundtrack, Wendy Carlos, or the Risky Business soundtrack with Tangerine Dream. And those type of synthesizer sounds were always, they just had this nostalgia built into them that I always gravitated towards. And they just seeped into what I was doing musically uh, and that's why with actors, it wasn't like, oh, I need to have this synth and this sound to fit in. I didn't even know we were going to fit in with anything. I just thought, oh, I'm just doing what I want to do. These are the songs, how I hear them. 
and I come from like being like an apologetic guitar shredder, like guitar became so unfashionable to me that it was almost like, Oh, I'll just put a little bit of guitar. So things just inadvertently got more synthesizer heavy. And then, um, Terminus Festival in Calgary, uh, Chris Hewitt reached out to me. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know about the festival. And he asked if actors wanted to come out. This would have been 2017, I think. And he said, uh, you'll be playing for your people. And I was like, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> really? But he, that was what got me. It intrigued me. And, you know, we negotiated a, us coming out and went out. And I, re, I that was my real look into my first exposure to, oh, there's a whole other world of things going on out here, you know? Yeah. So as far as uh, producing and all that, um, what bands are you working with currently that, that excite you, that are doing things that you're really proud to be a part of? I'm kind of wrapping up several projects right now that are really exciting. First of all, there's two there's two bands that have just released music that we did together. One of them is called Nouveau, and that is the singer from Spectres. That's that's his uh, one of his. That's a side project of his because he's still in Spectres, but he's doing that as well. That's I think not sure if the whole album's out yet. And the other one is Section Tyrants, and those two are more like you know kind of like subgenre. Like one's a little more punk sounding, one's a little more New Order pop sounding, and then. Um, I'm working with a really talented female artist, uh, Louise Burns. We're doing her album together. We've been working on for months. It's a fantastic pop record with like, it's got some like Enya vibes to it. And this, these kind of like warm kind of sea seaside kind of vibes, really neat record. We're finishing that up before I go on tour. I'm working with Frankie, which is, uh, we already did one record together called Forget Your Head, but now we've just finished up another record that's going to be coming out shortly. And then, of course, uh, I'm working with Shannon Hemmett, which is my bandmate with Leathers. Um, after I get off the phone, or after I get off this podcast with you guys, I send, I'm send i sending the first single to the director, and they're going to be shooting the video for the first single. Um, and that whole record's going to be coming out this year. And then, of course, as I said, uh, the Bootblacks record, we start in a little over um, about a month and a half from now. So just lots going on. And, I, you know, I've been really fortunate that people have been coming to me for mastering for, you know, their projects in cities that, you know, make it harder for me to work with in terms of like, you know, if it's if I don't have the time to mix a record or, you know, to get together to produce, you know, I've been uh, putting a little bit of my sonic imprint on stuff for for mastering, too. How's my sales pitch? Is that good? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it concise. I've also been drinking Diet Coke all morning, which is kind of crazy. I'm super sensitive to caffeine. We have been patiently waiting for leathers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. It's true. No, no, no. You know, that, I, I'll be honest. I told Shannon, I said, listen, we've been working on leather stuff together since before she was in Actors. And I said, we need to bide our time. We need to wait till actors is just a little bit bigger, so we have a little more leverage with our recording contract with Artifact Records. So if Yastic ends up hearing this or anyone from Artifact, um, that was the plan, and <laughs> we weren't disappointed. Artifact Records have been so supportive of actors and leathers, and um, we couldn't ask for a, a better label to be on. They've been fantastic. So yeah, the leathers has been slow coming, but people are gonna love this record. It's it's killer. It's it's more upbeat. It's just really great dance pop inspired dance songs. Love it. Nice. 
Lo- yeah. Love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Like we said, like there's times where it's like if the songs get too dark, we're like, okay, that's we already give the dark with actors, so we're we're the leathers project is definitely more it's more romantic it's it's a little dreamier romantic there's it's it's it can still be um uh like somewhat melancholy but not 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 as dark as what actors gives like you know you look at our last record and the the titles of the songs alone i was worried i was like oh man like these are dark song titles people are not going to like this record but we've been pleasantly surprised and the record's doing really well so yeah folks don't shy away from from dark titles. I mean, there's something to be said about sort of exercising our our emotions and our feelings in in listening to music and especially with such a danceable album and being able to just kind of move and enjoy it and and feel better because if this time period has told us anything, music has been an essential service. Yeah. And it's it's very healing. It's been so important and so vital to have some good music on hand or being exposed to different things and uh, and just kind of feeling our feelings. Yeah, I agree. I've been just at the studio working and, and I shouldn't even say work. It's it's I love being here so much. I love working with artists. I love working on the actor stuff, leathers. Uh, it's in some ways at times I felt guilty because the pandemic has affected so many people so negatively. Uh, there's people who've lost their jobs and lost family members. And here I am, I'm like, Oh, this, this is like the best year I've ever had, you know, (laughs) in some (laughs) regards. Right. But also, you know, I became even more of a workaholic because you, you just try and focus and, and dig deeper into what you're doing instead of the kind of crazy things that are happening around you. And, yeah, I felt that. And as much as the fans of actors have may have felt that positive energy in their lives with our music, the band has gotten that right back because people have been really vocal with us about that kind of thing. And and it really, uh, it really, uh, speaking for myself, it really helped me through the pandemic. It's like one big giant family. Truly, it absolutely is. Music's been that that binding element, and uh, it's definitely. Thank you for your essential service, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so on that note, you're, you've been mentioning the uh, kickoff of the North American tour. What are the current tour dates? When does that get started and where? Well, let's have a look here. So this happens pretty soon. Our first show is on the 26th in Detroit. And that takes us pretty much all, all around in the U.S. And then we're back into Vancouver so that's January, February, March, April. And May 15th is our last show of that leg. Um, and then we have a couple of one-offs here and there. And then September, we go down into the States again to do the Cold Waves Festivals. And then October, we're in the UK. And then we are just kind of doing the last little bit of adjustments to announce the November tour that's going to be all over Europe, if there's not a world war. Right. Yeah, let's, let's hope there isn't. Yeah. For all of our sakes. I feel like there won't be. Is that too optimistic? <laughs> uh no. No, I'm going I'm going I'm going to agree with you just because yeah. um you know, the alternative sucks. The alternatives are way too bleak. Way oh, too God. bleak. I know, right? Yeah, it's um I've always liked these apocalyptic movies and post-apocalyptic movies and and I grew up in the Cold War and so a lot of what's happening right now is feels like it's echoing kind of again, like my childhood and 
I think that's why a lot of the genre of type of music that we're seeing in our scene is popular again is because it's kind of like another period of time that's similar to that. I think uh, right now I would not recommend people watching the movie Threads. <sighs> I watched that recently. Again, I was hoping to kind of uh, take some of its power away in terms of how it affected me as a child because it's, it's probably the bleakest movie I've, I've ever seen in my life. And yet it, it's still bleak. It's still dire and super depressing. Don't watch it, especially right now. I did that two days ago. Those of you who don't know, it was made in the UK. It's about a nuclear war, and it's way too real, and it doesn't end on a good note in any way. Yeah, somebody just told me it was a horror movie, and I should see it two days ago, and I watched it. And I was like, ah, that was not what I needed to see today. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... uh... I can't. I can't go there. I know better. And I, I've already been dealing enough with what's been going on because I keep getting a lot of things. Uh, my mom has been texting me. I am half Ukrainian. Oh, okay. I'm half Russian. I'm making a side eye at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I but but I am Dukabor. Uh, we're pacifists. So so there's that. <laughs> No, I, uh, it's such a, it's such a weird thing. Cause it's, it, it, it's hitting me harder than I thought it would. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I've been getting messages and texts from my mom about it, who was really worried and, uh, I, I'm already fielding that. So I don't need, I don't need threads right now. It's, it's too much. No one needs it. No. That I, I, I know I'm making light of it, but I'm actually warning people don't watch it because it keeps popping up like on, uh. I think it's Prime or something. I'm like, why is Threads popping up? Like, we don't need to see that right now. It's on YouTube for free. I think YouTube's pushing it. Yeah, don't yeah, don't do it. Uh, you can vouch for me. Instead, yeah, we should put it. on we should put on some tunes, and uh, we need to take a break. Like, it's important to stay aware of what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, but you also need some moments to breathe so that uh, you don't have tons of nightmares and aren't able to sleep. And absolutely. So on that note. On that note, I think that about wraps it up for our questions, but I do have two quick ones for you. One's kind of a joke because uh, did you play guitar in a cowboy band where you did martial arts? Is that what I saw the other day? (gasps) I was in a band called Saddle Sores. (laughs) (laughs) And I was a singer and I played guitar. Um, There was two of us who played guitar in the band, but yeah, we were a four-piece cowpunk band. Uh, We actually came out to, we played the horseshoe I think we played the horseshoe in probably 96, 97. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. I did kind of an Elvis, a cowboy Elvis kind of thing. And uh, yeah, we kind of would switch between like Judas Priest riffs and Johnny Cash. So it wasn't cowpunk per se. It was more like, it was like uh, old school, like old country with metal almost. It was a lot of fun. We put out a few albums. We toured around a lot. We spent a lot of time in the States. We played with bands like Reverend Horton Heat, Social Distortion, Southern Culture on the Skids. Um, and then I just like one day was like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, and it says martial artist because in my early 20s, I spent a lot of time uh, doing karate. And like, I would, you know, I was doing tournaments and, and all that stuff. And I was really serious about it for about five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So that leads me. Oh, now I've got another question because now I got to ask, <laughs> are you watching Cobra Kai? No, no, I'm not. Um, if, don't watch Threads. Watch Cobra Kai. Good, yeah. 
when I was uh, in elementary school, that movie had just come out. And I remember there was a promotional team that came to my karate club from promoting the movie. And they came and they gave us all Cobra Kai patches. And I had that patch forever. I don't know where it is. I wonder if my mom still has it. So yeah, like I saw Karate Kid in the theaters and while I was also taking karate. So it was a real thing for me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Cobra Kai is, I, I'm re-watching it, yeah. but I've been watching it in German because I've been working on my German. Yeah. And it's still, it, it, it's like comfort food. There's something super nostalgic about it. And again, I think we're we're probably all of a certain vintage here. So um, being a child of the 80s, it's, it's, it's comfort food. And uh, I highly recommend you give it a watch. Good. I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. It's time. Cool. So then the only other thing is. Yes. What song from Acts of Worship should we play you out on? Oh, good question. Yes. Um, Killing Time. That's going to be the new video coming out shortly. Done. Amazing. Well, on that note, I think that wraps us up for this episode. Jason, it's been a delight chatting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we'll see you guys soon, I hope, when we're out in Toronto. Yeah, I guess we're going to see you at the Horseshoe. (laughs) Yes.
This podcast was almost called, but if I don't do yoga, I'm going to become a feral potato.